0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Desire the Fire.
1: Hi. <laughs> it's been Today
0: a while. we have a special guest. It might be a special guest again, depending on when this gets released. But everybody, let's give a warm Desire the Fire crackling welcome to the Palm Cutter.
1: <laughs> palm Cutter.
0: Dina Kim.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone.
0: Our first live guest.
1: Yeah, actually, we had Sam on a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, months actually, ago now. Months ago. <laughs> well, so we did have a guest before, but it's our first in-studio guest, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, welcome, Dina.
2: Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: For those of you who do not know, she's my wife.
2: I am.
1: It's <laughs> a bit of a uh, I am <laughs> kind of thing to it. Uh, and miraculously, she's uh, multitasking, which is showing the true strength of a woman. You know, guys could never pull this off where... We're um what doing is, two things at what once.
0: What is what is PAM in English? Chestnuts. Chestnuts. She is what is it called?
2: Peeling the shell off. Peeling
0: the shell with like a eight inch knife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it Looks mighty sharp too, by the way.
0: <laughs> Alright, but um we're not we're not at our normal spot again.
1: We've pretty much been evicted. <laughs> Just from a uh, lack of uh, usage, I guess. Oh, really? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But.
0: lack of funds. You guys haven't been been reserving spots, time slots at Eighth Light Studio.
1: Oh uh, no, they've been. Uh, it's it's been a pretty busy busy season for them. Um, we've been doing a lot of con or not concerts, but like putting on a lot of uh, concerts. <laughs> well, you know, like they've been rehearsing get, the lead phrase and stuff. You know,
0: when you get a uh, what is it called? Sidetracked or distracted? You say concerts instead of conferences. <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, so we were preparing for a big conference, and... Uh
0: so Daniel was uh, a part of a big conference, um, we, won't, we won't say whatever it was, but it was just a big conference, like, what? how many people?
1: Just uh, was, to give like, a scope? 11, 1200 people. 11, 1200
0: people this year? And uh, I, was, I was actually at work, and I'm watching this feed of this conference on a uh, live stream or whatever, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that conference is going on, so... I, I turned it on, it's like early during my lunch break, it's like 11 o'clock-ish, so I'm like, what, what, he's on, Daniel's giving announcements, so I take out my phone, I start texting him, like, oh, buzz, goodness. buzz, peck, buzz, 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 buzz,
1: <laughs> no he, joke, there's at least like 10 or ten or 11 uh, different text messages I got.
0: The, the first time I did it. Yeah, the first <laughs> time, my goodness. He was actually praying for, uh, you are praying for the next speaker, actually. Yeah, yeah. He was praying for the next speaker and uh, he got distracted. And he, instead of saying, This guy leads conference, he said, This guy leads concerts
1: oh. <laughs> in the middle of. <laughs> I'm,
0: on the live feed, and I was like, yes, I got him. I felt my yes. phone
1: vibrating. I was just thinking to myself, oh, I should have put it on silent. And then when I checked who sent me all these text messages, all of a sudden this, like this flush yeah. of anger just looking over me and I'm like, oh my gosh. But uh You guilt tripped
0: me pretty bad after that though. <laughs> he called he said that I was doing Satan's work.
1: That's not a, that's not the worst insult we've heard, by the way. That's not. <laughs> Us that together. We we were once called the Wicked Sons of Eli, and if you don't know who they are, read the Bible, because they're not very good people. Uh, but, wow well, Christian people get very creative with their insults, don't they?
0: I've, I've never heard Christian insults before until that day, and uh, it hurt. It just, like, it's it it worse. I've been, I, it's, it ran deep.
1: Uh, yeah, no lie, uh, I had just read up on them, like, two or three months before we were called that, and it just, I remember that deep impact of a... All <laughs> those words Deep
0: impact Do you remember why
1: we got that Why we called that in the first place?
0: I don't remember But I feel like it was because um,
1: so I wanted Jung to go snowboarding And yeah. I, I didn't
0: want to go Xinjiang S- <laughs> training Well, we shouldn't say what the training was But some sort of leadership training And yeah. I wanted to go snowboarding night, and Nightboarding instead
1: You decided to go up to our leader and say Oh, we're going to ditch it Just <laughs> to go snowboarding I, <laughs> I was, was just thinking Man, I we should have just gone I was, a, toner, <laughs> but- I was
0: a dumb sophomore <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm very innocent I'm just like could I could I not go I've never not gone before to these things <laughs> let me tell the leader that's going to lead the leadership training That so, so if there's any leader. youth
1: out there by the way uh, and you, you want to do something bad don't tell your pastor <laughs> don't
2: after, or expect approval. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What was I they're, thinking? are not gonna, I'm like, gonna tell you.
1: Go ahead and ditch church, guys. I mean, that's if totally If I saw cool. that, I'd
0: be like, my facepalm. Oh my gosh! Like you, idiot. You
1: just Lessons ruined you it for everybody. <laughs> it was just the two of us. It's okay. All
0: right. So shout out to our sponsor, Eighth Light Studio. If you'd like to uh, reserve a time slot to utilize Eighth Light Studio, or if you need to get hooked up with more information, go ahead and email us at DesireTheFire podcast at com,
1: yeah it's, it's a long email but oh you can check us up on facebook as well uh, yeah the links are all there and stuff too.
0: we got some emails
1: we did um it was interesting that was just some responses to some of the uh, other episodes we've had um and um uh, one of the interesting things is uh a lot of people are very uh opinionated about some of the stuff that we put out there um uh, really yeah so um uh, it's 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 cool, uh, but we got some
0: uh, some blessing responses too, and a lot of support.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and like a lot of you guys have been really good to us. Uh, we
0: haven't um, actually responded to any of the emails though. No. <laughs> so shout out to all of you guys sending us emails we read that or have button. sent us the email. Life happens. We'll try. We'll get back to you guys. Maybe we'll have you on.
1: Let's not make empty promises here. <laughs> We're not gonna get back to. Listen, him, we right? are.
0: We are. We are the kings of empty promises.
1: <laughs> we don't. Have, uh, our third member is like the biggest <laughs> king, of, or like he's like the he has the most empty promises like ever. Wait, who Sam?
0: <laughs> what are
1: You talking about <laughs> Big Big Sam? Um, Big Sam? King oh, of empty promises.
0: He's he. For those of you who do not know, we have a friend named Sam. He's fat
1: and he offers food to everybody, but never comes. And he's selfish <laughs> and he lies. I'll okay, I'll be there. I'll be there. So let's stop ripping into people, be a little <laughs> more edifying today.
0: Sam, we love you,
1: kind of <laughs> just kidding.
0: All right, so Eighth Eye studios ding, 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 ding.
1: So we're gonna talk about an interesting subject today, Daniel. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, what do you feel
0: like about going into ministry today?
1: Okay, so uh, we are going to talk about going into ministry. <laughs> Thank you for that. This is how
0: we do things. This is you get the behind the scenes look.
1: Uh, he's talking to his wife, by the way, <laughs> who is still <laughs> amazing. But he's still peeling chestnuts. Uh, how
2: many do you think I could peel by the time we finish this? I think I'll
0: be done with that bowl.
2: We'll see. But yeah, anyway.
1: I think we're going to ramble on for a long time. If nothing else, <laughs> this might be a two-hour podcast if we're not careful. <laughs> Um, but she
0: might cut all the chestnuts in the world
2: So the topic
1: Yes, going back to the topic uh, Thank you uh, We're talking about going into ministry today Which is a very, we can it can be a broad general topic But we're going to talk about it more specifically so, so what do
0: you mean going into ministry? Does that mean like becoming a Bible study leader?
1: Well that's a good point I mean we could touch base on that too Or there's Being a, a cajon player? For, for the praise team, is that what you do? Bible study teaching and you know? I
0: don't. I don't Bible study teach. I just play my cone, which is a box, right? <laughs> and then a box with the, the church next hole. door gets mad at us, so I couldn't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't play your cone anymore. Yeah, they got. How hard mad are you at were you playing
1: that thing? We like throwing it around and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: around, like yeah. Yup!
0: <laughs> no <laughs> more than one hole in that box. I had um, I had one Mike attached to it and they got really mad um, base okay. travels far
1: yeah mighty does. mighty box <laughs> i can't believe got noise complaints about a, That's a yeah, we got
0: a noise complaint because of my cohone.
1: Hey, yeah wait. what? what is it what do you mean so ministry can actually uh be a lot of different things uh especially i feel like that that words evolved a lot more in our generation more than ever yeah um in particular, uh, you think about ministry, and you think like fifty years ago, it would have been very simple. It would have either been church or some kind of like mission work, evangelist, yeah, some kind evangelist, of missionaries, yeah. Something. But today, you look at ministry and the picture of ministry and the scope of ministry. Uh, it's very there's a, there's a wide spectrum of things because you can go into like um, let's see at the conference we were hosting prison ministries where you're re- reaching out to. Juvenile detention, detentional correctional, whatever.
0: You know what's an interesting ministry that I I didn't really think of that has come up in the recent year? Hmm. Um, Being an army chaplain.
1: Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's
0: that's pretty interesting.
1: My dad was actually doing that for a couple years too. Oh. Um. So yeah, there's like your
0: dad has like five degrees. He was an army chaplain.
1: (laughs) He knows how to stick needles in you and make your body better. He's an
0: acupuncturist. (laughs) What is he not?
1: just not Jesus. Just not Jesus. No, but, well, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you, you can go into Chaplaincy. There's uh, people who are doing, like, well digging projects, and they're connected to Oh, ministries. we're actually
0: going to go to uh, dig some wells in El Salvador this summer.
1: Have you guys done that? Haven't you guys done that before, too? Where, no, this is our first time digging welding? wells. Was it your sister then? Maybe. I feel like she went to Africa one time, too. She went to Africa. I don't know if they dug wells. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway I mean like Ministry I mean I think that just uh, Proves the point There's so many different contexts to Which ministry is not relevant This is very true uh, And it, I think it stems from Something I've heard from uh, uh, You know Evangelist I heard A couple of years ago We had this conference Called CMO7 And uh, During that time There was this dude One of the speakers By the name Wait, Are you of, talking about 2007 <laughs> Okay, okay. That yes, no, that uh, that faded. We all Carl. went to this we this did. conference. We did
0: CM two thousand seven. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yes. And um there's a speaker by the name of George Verwer, V E R W. How do you remember this? It, it was such an inspiring message in my life that wow. it's really shaped a lot of stuff. But what he was saying is that in our generation, he doesn't anticipate so much of one strong evangelist that reaches out to millions of people like your Billy Graham's or your. Um, <laughs> Lack of a better example, Joe Osteen. Joel Osteen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> under your
0: feet. Yeah. Under your feet. Man, I, I never I never expected that guy with all the pictures and all the books that you see of him. Mm-hmm. You see his face a lot and then you hear his voice like, mm-hmm. under your feet. <laughs> it's a, the nice uh, southern accent he's got going yeah. for himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean like he, he was saying he doesn't anticipate a lot of these big, like uh, large scale evangelists, but... More culturally relevant. Uh, you find that there's cultures in everything these days too. And there's like ministries. Wait, to... what do you
0: mean cultures and everything? Do you mean like subcultures? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay
1: For instance, okay. like if you look in the internet, there's not just uh, sports enthusiasts, there are anime enthusiasts, hipsters. And hipsters and movie movie critics and like yeah, everyone and has a voice on the internet too.
0: Palm cutters unite.
1: <laughs> keep going back to that. <laughs> I, don't know, doing it. I think it's <laughs> just so intrigued by this uh
0: I don't know how to cut any fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I never learned
1: strange confessions on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag confession, <laughs> but it, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I think when you're look looking back into that, um, one of the things you have to understand is getting into ministry isn't the same picture that we've all uh, we might have uh, seen, uh, Paul himself would have gotten into, or Timothy, or any of these uh figures that we know in the Bible. So, I think.
0: I think even to the point when we're in like junior high and high school, though, mm-hmm. I think the the big theme of I'm going into ministry is I'm going to live a life of poverty and I'm going to forego any pleasures of this world, and, and
1: kind of like the priests and the nuns and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going into priesthood, you're
1: going into celibacy. Yeah, like-
0: it's like, it, and then like I will live inside the church and be consecrated in Christ, mm-hmm. for I no longer live,
1: but Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just so pleased about his reference to scripture. <laughs> yes, uh, Chandler does have a holy side.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think lately there's, it's, there's been a lot of, I think, cause until a certain point, there weren't many people like second generation, at least for like, cause we grew up inside the Korean like church that all of our leaders were like first generation, like non English speaking, like English is a second language Kind of a uh, leader and that that culture if you're talking about a subculture is very different from what we see now like you were talking about um shout out to uh, Eugene Cho is it
1: oh yeah yeah Eugene Cho. like
0: someone like him is very different from what I imagined um being a Christian leader would be mm. today in in um what is it called comparison to what I thought it was back then.
1: Yeah, cuz we grew up with this image of in, in this notion of a of a person behind the podium first of all, right? Yeah, for sure. In a nice suit or whatever it is, maybe the same suit every Sunday, who knows, but uh dressed in a Sunday best and banging on the the podium preaching the scriptures and all that stuff, but ministry doesn't always look like that these days, right? And uh I I think that's something that we have to consider, but what does it look like? Uh I th- I think the point was to uh, to go back to that, what does it actually look like to go into ministry as someone, maybe in a specific context, or whatever it might be. It could be coffee ministries or it could be um, homeless outreaches or uh, missions or whatever it is, what have you. Um, but we wanted to discuss the specific commitments, perhaps the, the, the gives and the takeaways uh, of being in this ministry and what kind of sacrifices it might encompass for, on our part as well. Right, so why don't we kind of talk about that first and foremost? Time, um, hmm? time. W- what about time? Dude, you work like hundred hours a week. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I just was looking <laughs> <for> my watch <laughs> for a second. <laughs> I was and was like,
2: like, oh, oh, podcast done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> oh, bro. yeah, yeah. There's definitely that time commitment. Um, but I mean, you guys serve in in your respective ministries as well. Um, there's there's a time commitment for anything, isn't there?
0: Yes, but with you there is extreme.
1: Uh I think it's just the notion of a uh, my this is something that I do as a full-time thing as opposed to uh like a
0: There's something called full-time which is 40 hours a week and then there's something called double full-time which is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> double
2: yeah, like pastors or especially like the Korean American EM pastors mm. and head pastors um because there are no uh it, you know, people who want to be pastors in our generation, and our particular group, I think um, there's a huge struggle in the Korean church to maintain the EM ministries. And the EM pastors, I feel like for all of them, I give a huge shout out to, because regardless if you're a bad pastor or a good pastor, I think all of them are carrying more load than they're able to, and their backs are breaking. Yeah, I
0: think the the one of the things that i've seen across the board is that anybody in ministry is overworked <laughs> so when we're talking about um 20% of people do 80% of the work within the 20% there's probably 5% of people doing 70% of that work
1: <laughs> that's a lot of math but um <coughs> definitely uh what i've observed uh not just in my field of work but amongst other coworkers and 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 fellow colleagues as well is that um the hours aren't necessarily defined to just the nine to five yeah definitely uh, especially if you have to go to a korean service ever which uh sometimes <laughs> some morning starts at five thirty and uh Early and, morning prayer yeah um uh, but i think rather than the defined hours it's um the unexpected stuff that comes up uh which you know you just can never really anticipate for instance uh Someone might be going through some serious life crisis at, at any given moment. At one a.m. Yeah, at when a, you 1 a.m. have to
0: go to early morning prayer at five thirty a.m. the next day, but, on the same day.
1: <laughs> well, I, I you mean, laugh like, because you've experienced it, right? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, um, so like there, there are those random, <coughs> unexpected times uh, to go on and so and, and tackle this. But uh, I've read many articles about this actually, uh, to to deal with this issue. It doesn't necessarily mean, um the work that we're doing is productive as well. And hmm. I think the growing trend is that uh, they're trying to get people in, involved in ministry to, to figure out how to draw a good boundary for themselves. Um, there is something glorified in, in just spending countless hours doing some kind of physical or mental or emotional work. And um, there, there are now uh, those who are saying that there, we, what's important is not necessarily having the work done but having being able to do the work long term and uh a lot of people it's on a marathon, not a sprint
0: right is right that what you're saying yeah uh, yeah
1: everyone yeah that's a it's a well versed cliche right there too, yeah, and one of the things that uh you do have to understand is yeah while there are still some some uh unexpected hours uh that you do put in uh for instance, like there will be some days uh when I go to campus uh especially we'll finish our our regular meeting and' it'll, it'll be like ten eleven o'clock, and um somebody wants to talk, and there's no there's no defined hours for how long a person needs to talk and have you have that company or just uh, just you talking and counseling or and you know, whatever other help you might be able to provide in that sense too. So um yeah, there's there's the unexpected hours, but uh, from my understanding, uh many pastors operate in this way where if Sunday is your day of work, Monday is your day of rest, and so you do have that full day just kind of like I don't know, I I've heard pastors go on Netflix or like stream like a couple of uh movies or uh, I, I know the number one, the, the most popular sport amongst pastors. I don't know if you know this. Is a it's not a like poker or anything. Like that. It's, it's a, MMA. Yeah, it's actually a <laughs> yeah. UFC. That, oh really? martial yeah, arts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. funny. <laughs> some stress from oh! the church. Pushers. You just want to like take it out uh, vicariously. um <laughs> uh, But you know. Um, well, well, there are the, the, the copious hours that are put into it um,
0: I heard um, one of the one of the churches that I actually visited um, The church pastor, the head pastor Talked about on Monday or Sunday night He would eat all this food And anything cured Like ham, cheese
1: <laughs> Oh, he's just kind of like binge And just yeah. kind of like deal with it that way Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have different ways of uh, handling it But I mean, yes, like you guys were saying There's a serious uh, time commitment to it But it's pretty rewarding, I think
2: but it kind of makes sense because if you think about ministry, it's what Jesus did, which is disciple, and so it has a lot to do with relationships and, and living and, life together. And living life together, which mm. is your whole life, and there is your <laughs> no, <a> whole life. <laughs> there is no boundary, and I think, um, yeah, I guess there's two, two different types. One is discipleship making or shepherding, and then second is like you're working as like a Front desk person at World Vision. I don't know if that would be considered ministry or just nonprofit. I don't know. Well,
1: I mean that that once again gets into like this uh, unclear definition of what ministry might be for so many other things. I think it can be
2: <laughs> being a front desk person at World Vision or a nonprofit. Yeah, because would be ministry. Let's
0: say um, depending on who rolls through and what kind of people you see, you can offer. Something during that time, and you can treat it like your ministry instead of just treating it like front desk. I guess it depends if they do more than what is just automatically. Oh, because you front could desk. also
2: have like a marketplace ministry, like yeah, something in the like workplace. that. You know, mm-hmm. like the people that you encounter. Then would would it be defined as not being paid but raising donations and funds, or being paid by others, in a sense of like a community, not by? a boss
0: you mean like world vision itself
2: uh ministry in itself world vision i would say is more like a non-profit and if they have a ministry within it it definitely isn't running the non-profit i feel like
1: well i mean uh just to give my my work an example uh not necessarily so much in in our office while there are some that that are paid uh i know that in our (coughs) national branch uh one of the things that uh uh, kind of distinguishes a number of categories of uh, different staff is uh, there are those who are paid uh, to do it and not, not are you serious
0: way. yeah like they're salaried
1: yeah like they have di-
0: directors and stuff
1: well not not directors it'd be more like the the accountants or like oh yeah, yeah that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. so I mean like media functional. staff kind of
0: people like mm. people that actually do like like a skilled service
1: no no it's more the desk desk people that are paid to do some paper of the stuff. pushers yeah something like that yeah so um I mean but then you can definitely say that their work is contributing to to ministry effort, you know?
0: I did not know that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, it it doesn't take away from their role in in a particular ministry because, I mean, um, uh, some people are the toes and some people are are the fingernails and and some people are the nose and the eyes and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's all a contribution to to that effort. Do you think
0: that, um, well, obviously there's a huge stigma between um, how much... Ministry staff gets paid if you're going into ministry, let's say. Right, which like is your another job, thing. is like ministry related. Mm-hmm. I think finances is a big thing.
2: Um, because yeah, there's judgment if you make too much, right? Is that what you mean?
0: There's judgment if you make too much. Of, I think there's more judgment if you make too much than if you don't make as much,
1: like somehow it's uh, glorified to like Joel Osteen
0: kind of thing. <laughs> okay,
1: well, I mean, uh, on that subject, there are there. There was one show that uh I know a number of pastor friends of mine that um were vo- openly vocal about like their, their dissension against. Um but it was a show called uh, Preachers of LA. It was an interesting concept. It's kinda like M T V Cribs. You remember that show a couple years back?
2: I think I saw an advertisement for this show.
1: Right. And basically what it is is uh this camera preachers crew coming around LA, okay. and uh the these these preachers, uh they, they go around showing different things that they own and are in possession of. You know, kind of like lifestyles of rich and famous. Wait, wait, wait! This is this is for reals. Yeah, there's like they
0: wanted to do this, like the
1: pastors. Yeah, yeah. What? You know, like I I don't know the the full story behind it and stuff like that, but the the concept of this the show is exactly that. Now, your reaction is the common common reaction to, or it's the popular reaction that I've seen amongst other Christians as well. Yeah. So, which kind of reinforces the fact that there is some sort of stigma as Mm -hmm. to. Preachers or people in ministry making a lot like, of money. I
0: think I think not just people in ministry making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think it's not bad to have nice things, mm-hmm. but I think with any anyone, you have to live within your means. This isn't just talking about people in ministry. So I think that if you're being wasteful or you're just being lavish or you're just spending money to spend money or you're not being wise about it mm-hmm. with what God has given you, I, I guess I would judge you based on those things. Yeah, maybe.
2: And then maybe the judgment comes from because pastors are paid by tithes, which are from the people that when they use their money lavishly, then there is like this automatic judgment, which I think is wrong on both (laughs) ends. Like it's wrong for the pastor to buy like a Benz when he can't afford it. But it's also wrong for the community to judge him because it's not their money Begin with, yeah, because it was given to the it's It's done,
0: but one of the things that I had a problem with when I was growing up in high school, and you watch those preachers on TV, is that they're like, Donate your money to the kids in Africa. So he 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 starts pointing at the camera, and then on his wrist, there's like a freaking Rolex, you know? Hmm. And then the seat that he's sitting in in the back is like gold encrusted and like double cherubim. <laughs> it's like a golden and, throne for yeah, himself. Yeah, double cherubim, and like the golden cross in the back is full solid gold with encrusted with fine gems. You know, you didn't I know that the mention. cross
1: has to be not of gold.
0: I, I understand. I understand like God's temple and stuff, you know, those things. Right. But. I I find it hard to like hard to listen to what the guy is saying when he's like, dude, just sell your Rolex and you can feed the village for a year. Like I don't understand why you have to have that. You could still speak the same message, but I don't understand why. Like especially when you're asking to give, that it's in that context and why they have to present it in that way. I understand that there, like the the house of God, there should be nice things, and that's what God has ordered. Like especially um, in the Bible, it talks about like you know what, having the temple of God, like building it into something that's really nice and good. But that bothers me.
1: Well, I think what really bothers people is the fact that uh, what we've seen is people have exploited the money, money that has been offered. There to you the go. Church.
0: That's yeah. I feel like it's exploited
1: and there've been enough examples of that even in recent history to to always get a person skeptical about this this random pastor or this random person that's in true, ministry that's, that's, that's true so i mean the stigma does come from somewhere uh it it is based on stuff too but you see good examples of of, of uh, good fin- financial stewardship as well um i always like the example of uh, Rick Warren and what he's done with Francis his money, Francis Chan. Francis Chan, you know, like they literally, <laughs> they get money to like Francis Chan got all this money to rebuild his church and then they just dumped it on africa and like you know what we're just gonna donate <laughs> yeah. this money and, and it's ch- like
0: oh my god the church crudy. people
1: are like, what the- <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna build a church what are you doing <laughs> god, you're, too god, holy right now. God, you're too holy right now <laughs> no but then also like rick warren too i don't know if you know his story uh he oh yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, yeah. he calculated all the money that he's ever gotten from church or a- any donation or whatever and he repaid it back and his money comes from like royalties off of his books and stuff yeah, like that too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean there are good examples of it and yeah, there are rich pastors going well deservedly so too cuz um the Bible never expressly states that a person in ministry can't be making money. People do often use uh this these two particular passages where Jesus sent out his missionaries. And told them not to bring anything. Um, and a lot of times it's it's uh, it's misused, you know. Um
0: Out of context.
1: Yeah, out of, there you go. Out of context. But even Paul, for example, he made his money as he was going on in these various mission tent trips. Maker. Yeah, he was making tents, and um, yeah.
0: You know the those Coleman tent, tents
2: or whatever is mm-hmm. that
0: Coleman? Is mm-hmm. it Coleman? Coleman. Maybe yeah. he had a Paul.
2: <laughs> I wonder what Jesus did with his money. That Jesus
0: did, like when he was carpenter. Yeah, I want I want that table he made.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. Jesus table. (laughs) You saw it on eBay for a couple million, right? Ouch! What did Jesus
0: do with his money? What did he do? They, I feel like they gave it to Matthew or the tax collectors. Jesus and Matthew, and then it's like, hey, this is my taxes. Yeah, this is April. This is. This is our entourage, this is our crew. <laughs> you know, make sure when we go out to, to party <laughs>
1: and Fruit Judas would go and buy a field or something like that with Jesus it. Jesus would buy a field with
0: <laughs> it. What happened to his field when it got when he was crucified?
1: Well, we know that they did have some money cuz when Jesus was ministering to the Samaritan woman at the well, the rest of the disciples went to the town to go buy food for themselves. Yeah. So, I yeah. I I didn't think I never thought about that, Jesus. Probably had some kind of money. What did Jesus buy?
0: I wanna see Jesus' tack or his checkbook. Give me your bank statements. The bank of bank of Rome.
2: Well, right. yeah, it's it's interesting though, because when I think of ministry I think of you're donating your time and your like possessions and your everything like it's not i i don't see it as someone receiving something and even if they are it's for the purpose of giving it back within their ministry or for the ministry or so that they could live to do ministry like i guess that's how i perceive ministry
1: okay so one of the big i guess the two big things that we equate uh giving up or investing a lot if we decide to follow the call into ministries giving up our time and money which is essentially like let's be honest it's like everything, everything. <laughs> you know? my, my time and my money i mean what else worldly you're value so, your soul so, mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean your, your emotional stability your <laughs> i'm just kidding but uh, yeah like yeah let's be honest uh this is like full-time work you're gonna put yourself into it and if you're giving up your life to do this uh yeah, it's gonna require some kind of sacrifice, and everything requires it. You know, um, if you're gonna do a kickstart or what, what's the like a new business type startup? of thing? Yeah, startup. There you go. Um, <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> you gotta put in. Your kick- what, what is this? Is that uh, that's not some dating thing, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> Tinder. No. Oh yeah. No, but then like, even if you're gonna start your own business, you gotta give up your time and money and all these different things. It's just a natural thing of this world. So I think what'd be nice uh, to talk about now is. Why bother doing it or why do we even, uh, what are some of the the benefits? Not that we're looking to reap a lot of benefits in doing this, but why would anyone bother doing ministry then if you're going to give up time, money? Probably going to be poor unless you're a good author or something like that or you serve at a big church. I somewhere. think um,
0: one of the things that you said, um, investing into the kingdom of God and giving him your time like tithing your time kind of that you're you're talking about before was something that's very interesting and a concept that people don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Um we have all this time and I think a lot of us think that we don't have much time but I think investing that back into the kingdom of God yields return and I think um we, with the time that we have to spend, let's say, and the the efforts that we have when we live life I think um we gain back a return whether it be like if we pour it into Netflix, we get back we learned a good story and we relaxed, you know? Hmm. Like you get something back of intrinsic or non intrinsic value. But um in ministry you get to be God's hands and feet and
1: his voice. I mean, um, intrinsic going economical with it. <laughs> yeah, intrinsic value is undeniable um, when ministry is going good. Uh, you pour out your time into a student, pour out your time into a member of your church, and you see them really thriving in their relationship with the Lord. Yeah, it's great that that buyback is awesome. But when you pour out your heart and soul into a church and people stop coming out, uh there's a more popular more well-funded church that springs up two blocks down the street That's
0: tough like when you let's say that you're starting a ministry and mm-hmm. then you do that and then you compare your ministry with another ministry down the street that that always gets to me where it's like you you always wonder that it's always about the soul it's always about like the quality of the ministry and not just about the numbers or how much money it's making those things um, what impact is it having on their lives rather than um, are people just having fun? But you can't help but compare yourself as human beings, especially when you're part of a ministry that's like struggling <laughs> And then across the street. There's like, yeah, it's like, I think on campus too, like campus clubs, we used to do that where we're like, why, are, why don't we have so many people? They have so much people. We don't have so many people. Like, what are we doing wrong? Does Jesus not like us or something? <laughs>
1: It's funny that you bring that up because even in this conference that I just came back from recently, um, we wanted to figure out how to be most relevant on college, in the college context. And so uh, we did something this year that I'm so thankful to be a a part of. Uh, We reached out to the director of another college group and asked him to come to speak. Uh, 20 minutes slot, same thing with our director, 20 minutes each. And they they both gave their perspective on college because... The The battle is not each other, but it's to win this college campus. And, you know, w- when things start popping up like that, I'm, I don't know if you remember, but when we were in stu- students in school, there was a really well-funded ministry that popped up. Um, it was based on a church from NorCal. They came down. They had money. They rented. They spent, like, uh, my, our staff and I were uh, calculating, and they spent upwards of up to two dollars to $3,000 on the first week of school alone. We spent about two to three thousand dollars in two years, you know. So like,
0: uh, no, 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 not even two years, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, and then it all gets dumped into missions and stuff, yeah. you know. But like, that it was it was so mind blowing, and you can't help but con- compare. But even in that, um, when ministry doesn't come back with an intrinsic reward, when ministry doesn't come back with, uh, like. You're not thinking, oh, I'm, at least I'm getting like fifty bucks for myself in heaven for working. Like I get <laughs> <Okay, washing."> fifty <laughs> bucks for yeah. myself in heaven. <laughs> like <laughs> beyond just that, too. There is something of of, of value in ministry. I think. Uh, I think
0: um, human beings in itself also were called to give, and I think this is something that we um we're going to talk about actually in our um our our New Year's worship. Coming up, so I guess that dates this podcast now when, when we're recording it, but um we're called to give, and I think when we hold it in, um I heard this analogy before. Um The Sea of Galilee, there's a lot of life in it because it gives, so it takes in the water and it gives out, but the Dead Sea is dead because it holds all that water in and it doesn't go anywhere.
1: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what? It's too deep for... I think uh you went like <laughs> level 3 philosophy and I'm still at like level 1.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think I think we as human beings too, we can't just hold it in. We can't be super selfish and just take everything and like when you're left with whatever you have, like your time, your money, everything, if you want to keep all that in, like there's no benefit in, in the end. There's no gain, there's no joy, there's no there's no life.
1: Um I think you're absolutely right. And one of the other things I, I did kinda of want to bring up is that in ministry, um, it's not about doing work. I I think people in ministry have this rare privilege where we're somehow able to do full time what God created us to do in the first place. Which is to love each other, to to love the Lord and to worship and yeah, while I might be on one side of it and others hopefully will follow along uh, like, the way I see it is I get paid full-time to do what I was created to do, which is breathe and, and eat and so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and going going to, like, a lighter side, I always, um I think one of the things, because I work full-time, mm-hmm. 8 to 5, I drive to L.A., yada 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 but sometimes i look online and I'm, I'm checking facebook on my phone or something and then um it pops up that you guys are hanging out or you guys are eating lunch in and out or something oh, yeah. and it's like you guys are just having fellowship you know living life mm-hmm. and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> sitting in this office looking at the screen it's like a tuesday morning we're <laughs> out like
1: hiking or something yeah, you
0: guys are out <laughs> hiking i saw you guys hiking for like veterans day yeah. and then we don't get veterans day off i'm like what is this <laughs> what is this life <laughs>
1: Sure. And then you know but like it's we, diff-
0: yeah, it's different. We, different we tr-
1: things. Yeah, for sure. There's all it's give and takes. um uh, and one of the things that I really like about what I do now is um I had grown up watching um I don't know if you know this show, but <laughs> it's it's called Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego? Where,
0: where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Carmen San Diego,
2: Carmen San Diego, where is he? I don't know if that's how it goes. <laughs> where is <she>? it's something <laughs> it goes, hey, in the world.
1: Yeah, there's a nice acapella Carmen group and stuff like that. Yeah, so one of the cool things about that show is, is like <laughs> they show like all the parts of the world. You you, you I'm gonna catch look that? It up later. <laughs> we're we're going to stick that And plug that in. Plug show that in. You. Can <laughs> we actually cover up what you just saying <laughs> with the actual <laughs> We we'll probably
0: get a copyright infringement.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't put it up I on think, YouTube.
0: aren't they redoing Carmen Sandiego or something? <laughs> okay, but go go ahead go ahead.
1: <laughs> anyway, um you get to see all these different parts of the world and like, part of my job is we go summer missions every year. Uh, we go to different countries, uh, sometimes the same one. And, like, just in the eight years that I've been both a student and a staff of this ministry, I think uh, I've been to—I mean, you guys have already been all over the world as well, but I had a chance to visit, like, Thailand, Indonesia, Mongolia. I always wanted to go to Mongolia. I never thought it would be possible, but— Really? Why?
0: Why? I've always—I think I've asked you this question before, and you've said it already, but why Mongolia? <laughs>
1: I've always been told I look like a Mongol, just because they assume <laughs> Mongol people are hairy and stuff Which like that. They're not. Yeah, they're not at all. <laughs> you <laughs> should watch uh, a <laughs> Khan. It's just pretty good. Or not Chinggis Khan. Marco Polo on on Netflix. I thought what was, is what is this rated? Oh, <laughs> uh, any youth kids so out there? So if youth kids don't look up. <laughs> <out. laughs> no, but uh, I haven't watched it. But actually, when when it comes to the Mongol culture, uh, it, it's pretty good. Uh, they talk about Gers. They talk about their religion. They talk about how Kublai Khan. Anyway. Uh, Mongol was just one of those places we wanted to check out uh we've been to like china to to korea to uh and the list goes on and on you went to cambo oh yeah to cambodia and stuff yeah we've so i've all been to Cambodia. yeah like that list just like endless and you so you're like missionary jones right and like, like it's every summer jones. <laughs> i caught that kind of late <laughs> but yeah you know like you get to travel and stuff too who gets to do that as that's like their mandatory going part of work. to
0: the ends of the the earth to mm-hmm. just go share. And I think a lot of people might. Um, I've had a lot of blowback about. Let's say going into missions mm-hmm. in, in this context is going to missions mm-hmm. is taking like a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. Um, for you, got, for Dina, she's gone like six months to Cambo. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it takes time, but um, there's a lot of blowback with um, people saying. Why are you going when you should share the gospel here? Mm-hmm. But I think um we're called to go and one of the things that still strike me is that the people that we go to in those countries, that might be the only time they hear the gospel. And there was a co- there's there's a quote that keeps on being like shown at vision conference and other however I just said it, but it's not even called that anymore, so it doesn't matter. But um it's that um no one has the right to hear the gospel again until everyone in the world has at least heard it once or something. I'm butchering the quote. Yeah,
1: but. I think that's a totally
0: different meaning. No, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, you, <laughs> Actually, you, I'm No sure one deserves a second chance to hear the gospel until the world has at least heard it once.
1: I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, you don't you don't feel well, about I mean, that. I feel like you, people should hear the
0: gospel all the time. <laughs> hear the gospel all the time. No, no. Okay, okay. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like if if they get a second chance and they get a second chance, yeah, but sure. in in the large scope of things when people have the the uh, not the ability but, but the desire
2: to hear the gospel like someone who may want to hear it but haven't heard it once. Yeah. That they would be uh, that we would give them a chance more than someone who shut out the gospel here in America where, where they're not very intrigued by it. Is that what you're trying to get at?
0: Kind of. And I think um that's one of the reasons why I go and I want to go Um, just one of the reasons and one of the facets of it. But I think to anything, there's always a blowback from ministry when it deals with ministry in particular, because there, you don't, Many times you don't gain something that's that people or the world sees as like um financial value, I guess. Um,
2: like they think you're going for vacation, but it's actually you have more spiritual battles, and you don't live in a hotel for a week, you live in someone's like someone's
0: back cabin with uh you poop in a hole
2: (laughs) that someone who hasn't gone to missions wouldn't know so they would judge
0: yeah it's like oh they say like oh i wish i had time and money to go to missions but it's it's not that and i think certain things in ministry you you can't or in god's like what is it in the church i guess and those things and the things that we do and he's called us to do you don't know what it's like and how it's like until you just go
1: and do it. I, I, well, we go into this mission thing, too. Um, there's just so many places that need to be reached. There's not never going to be enough workers. Uh, regardless of whether we go out or stay here, no one's going to be able to do everything by themselves. And so, um, yeah, like, like you guys are saying... Um, there are the haters, there are those who are pro, all these different things, and, you know, you just got to do it. Um, you just got to do something, you know? I feel like there's a
0: common theme between these podcasts where it's just, just go and do it. Just do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like,
1: get off, get off your... You, you ever watch those, like, daytime, um, like, trade school commercials and stuff? Like, get off your lazy butt and <laughs> dial the phone and go to school right now and stuff like that. You,
0: you know, know what, but, Um, what I've learned, I guess, a common theme for my life in the past couple of years is that... Um, when there's an open door in front of you, um, regardless of the circumstances, let's say that um, it could be financial, it could be that someone has opened the door for you, so you feel like you don't deserve it, you feel like you didn't work for it, when like there's an open door and it's going to be hard for you to walk through, um, like I realized if that door is open... Like whether it be missions, whether it be like missions, whether it be, um, did I say that twice? Yes. Um, Whether whether it be um, like a job, whether it be like if, if that door is open for you and that's there's an opportunity, it doesn't make sense for you to shut that door you know what I'm saying? Just walk through. If it's missions, if it's a job, if it's something that you know that God's calling you to do or that it can benefit you in the future and it's leading you towards God, what's the point of shutting the door because of circumstances or that you don't feel like you deserve it or you want to open the door yourself, so you're going to close it and then you're going to try to reopen it? It's already opened. I... I realize that many times it's pride, many times it's selfish reasons or like for you to want to close that door and then I'm going to reopen it with my hands. That's what, what, what is that? You know, is that you doing it or is that God doing it too, ultimately speaking? So I think if you have the opportunity to do ministry to us, whether it be a small capacity or, uh, your life or years, whatever it is, I think you just should you pray about it and then do it, or should you just do it and pray about it?
1: You know the process <laughs> uh I mean that that goes under so much like <laughs> scrutiny and stuff like that, but I think what you're what you're saying is basically if that call is clear if the the opportunity presents itself and God gives you that direction and that stirring into it, uh yeah, we can weigh the costs and weigh the pros and cons and stuff all day, and I've known people who've done this uh they've sat down weeks on it and just trying to outweigh the pros and cons at the end of the day you have to understand god is behind one and god is also behind the other um and what we need to what we ourselves need to do is you know like think about where you are at this particular juncture in your life uh, are you a person that is given this unique opportunity or is this something that everybody else could do um if it's something that everyone else can do it might be just something that you created for yourself, but if it's something that is impossible without God being the author of it uh the road ahead, who knows it could be God that's leading it leading it on so some of the things I think one of the important things that uh we, we almost left out is the the issue of the call uh when it comes to going into ministry today um do you you see I guess
0: th- that can be a conversation in itself, but
1: like yeah, it's a long doing conversation. It really, really
0: quickly. Do you think that everyone needs a call in order to like, what, what is that call that you're talking about? Is that specifically God throwing a lightning bolt into the ground and then saying that go to ministry, you
1: idiot. <laughs> yes. I think that's exactly it. I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> Or do you think that it's, you just have to have desire. You just have to want to do it. Like if that, like,
2: well, I think desire, like, like maybe I'm being pessimistic or cynical, but I feel like no humans no human kind has an organic desire to help other people and to be selfless. Like Really? But what about No, I, I really or I really do. Oh. <laughs>
1: You're going to... Uh, holding a knife and pointed at me right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was resting my hand. But, like, no, I really think so. Like, every pastor and every pastor that has ever been a role model or any missionary or, you know, um, you know, full-time staff, I feel like every single one of them, or even when you decide to help someone, like, every single one of those desires come from God. Like, it is not humanly possible to be organically that Holy, Um in a sense, of course. There's Jesus and Holy Spirit, and I, and that's kind of where I'm bringing it back to that desire, ing of the fire. <laughs> no, I'm just I just had to plug that in. But the desire really comes from God, and that in itself is the calling.
0: I like that. Um, Unless
2: it's like a sinful desire, <laughs> <laughs> you need discernment then. <laughs> To your mama,
1: yeah, desire is Talk definitely to Jesus,
0: not your mama. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you can well, go into uh, like the depravity of man and how we're incapable of good and all these different things, too. But at the end of the day, not everyone wants to do ministry, let's be honest. Um, there's some people who do and some people who don't. And,
0: and there's some people like Jonah, and there's some people like Paul, there's oh,
2: yeah. mission goers and senders,
0: mission right. goers and senders. There's people in the congregation, and there's a the pastor. Mm-hmm. What if we're all pastors? <laughs> There's I no always shape. have this in, like, this image in my head where all, all pastors. There's one person in the congregation, and everyone's speaking at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't make sense.
1: Too many chiefs and <laughs> not enough Indians. <laughs> right. That that's been a problem in a lot of uh, places I've been as well. No, uh, too many people want to teach and not enough want to learn. But uh, you know, uh, I I feel like this particular podcast is gonna, uh, at least the topic of today's is gonna reach out to those who who might be thinking about that and. You Know if there's a thought in there, um, let me just say the stuff that deters everybody else that's always going to be there. Um, it's there for the people who are in ministry, it's not like they're able to just brush it off and like not think about it and stuff. It comes back, um, it really does. Financial things, the time things, uh, um, there are so many other things that aren't even listed that we could go into another. Like three podcast episode, uh, uh, or like three episode podcast about it, and, and like discussing all that. But if, if this is in particular you, uh, and you're thinking about it, and uh, you you haven't given yourself the time in prayer or uh, really consulted God with His word or any any other thing too, it's important for I think for all of us to understand that ministry isn't the the, the chain that uh, so many people uh, make it out to be. Um, I think as a joke. Uh, when your wife and I were serving on campus together, that same team of, of student leaders. Uh I remember one one of our members, his discipler, decided to give like a board and then like chains and um it was kinda like it's kinda like a prisoner, the slave type of thing. on uh, they gave it to him as a inauguration gift. Uh so you're getting inaugurated into that. You don't remember this?
2: Mm I have a bad memory.
1: It's But it a- makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing this disciple, I think uh you guys were would- was it Johnny? No, no, no. He was, he was the... He's a member of your other podcast. He gave out a, a board with S- chains over it and Sam stuff. Mr. Moon? Yeah, Mr. Moon. <laughs> Mr. Moon did
0: what? Mr. Moon. He gave like
1: a... I just said it. He, to the Dong. No, no, no. Dong Lee? No, no, no. no. To you? Uh, Peter.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst gift You can give
1: Peter <laughs> But anyway pretty. He
0: would have been like What is this
1: That's that Take mental image way. We have And then you know Like I got Like a uh, We'll miss you Balloons and stuff Like that Because they're saying Like oh, we're not gonna See you for a while that's And stuff hilarious. But uh You know we, That's this Common uh, misconception of, of what being in ministry Is
0: I'm, I'm, I miss that year
1: <laughs> no, I don't know There was a lot of stuff That was hard that year. <laughs> yeah,
0: I that miss was it. A hard
2: year.
1: I miss it
0: But that doesn't mean I wanna go back Okay
2: <laughs> but, like, another, I guess, um, thing that I want to tangent off to regards to that is ministry as in, like, um, full-time, like, being a pastor or a missionary, but also ministry as in your own personal ministry that everyone is called to, becoming more like Christ. Would you, would we call that a ministry?
1: Actually, thank you for bringing that is up. Is that
0: personal ministry?
1: Yeah. I think it's exactly that. Uh, it goes into... Like under a different calling, uh, your role in life, uh, where you are, where you stand, and also it's bringing God into that sector, you know, Uh, bringing a a light into a darkened area, if you will. And I think that's something that uh, so many other people are doing too. Do you guys like? I'm sure you guys have great examples of that. Maybe not, but uh,
0: wait, personal ministry like reading the Bible. No, no, you're
1: not. You're not a full time minister, but you're using. Your your station in life, wherever it is that you are, and using that to somehow do kingdom work in that. Is sense. that what
0: you're thinking
2: of? Yeah, I, I was thinking. You know, is there? You know, are we separating those two, or does it all come under ministry? But when I think of something, I, th- I think I think of like Jason Ma, well, but he's a little weird now. But <laughs> that's he a just, name
0: I haven't heard in a while. Yeah,
2: it's it is our generation.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, um, I think
2: he's going to try to come back. But someone who was just going to. I don't even know if he went to UCLA, but he was there, right?
1: With the cross and everything. Yeah, and he was, just, and he was just
2: doing ministry, and it's just very powerful. And I think in our millennial generation, those things, kind of like what you're sharing, it is a subculture thing. It's not you just going to random masses, but really reaching out to a particular subculture mm-hmm. and connecting to them in the way that they would understand. Um, I think that's very hard, but yet very necessary from every single person in all aspects of life. And kind of going back to every body part of Christ is very different, and there's a reason why. But if one fails um, everywhere else, it will be affected. Like, if the accountant at CJ isn't, you know, (laughs) spiritually (laughs) filled, you know, and then the church that has the people— of those who are in that company um, experiences the spiritual low during worship and that past. And it's all just so connected mm. that it's hard to separate, right? Yeah.
0: I think um, something that might be a little bit different that's on my New Year's resolution list is, um so I want to, I've been trying to write a book for a while, mm. like fiction. Um, but I feel like to me, um, I have, a story in my mind that needs to come out. And I think God has inspired the story and I want to share um, aspects of Christ and um, ideas and understandings and beliefs and um, just ethics and a lot of different things through the book. And I think um, I want to be able to self-publish it by the, the end of this year. But I feel like to me, in a sense, that's a part of my ministry that while writing this book, while writing, even if it's fictional and it's just like, Childish, it could be childish, you know, um to me, I feel like at least in this year, that's one thing that I want to accomplish by writing and to share what God has spoken to me, and I think that's that's a ministry in itself too, and obviously we've thought of stopping immature <laughs> <laughs> Boy, We're right into the mic. i did not did I, did I <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, one of those.
0: You ruined my train of thought. <laughs> but yeah, I just I want to write a book, and I want to be able to do it. And I think that's that's something that I that I've actually prayed about, and I feel like that's so like that's a calling, that's like ministry that you're gonna do, and a tool that God can use. But yeah, I think what we we started with what's it like going into ministry today, and then we defined what ministry has become. <laughs> and that you anybody can go into ministry. Everybody is a part of ministry actually.
1: Yeah. And I just want to interject for a second. Uh
0: No, I object to your interjection.
1: Bible fundamentalists are just going to be going nuts like you can't Bible call that
0: fundamentalists.
1: Ministry. Anyway, uh If
0: you're a Bible fundamentalist that are going crazy right now, please email us at desirethefirepodcast.com with your Bible fundamentalist knowledge.
1: Picking You've on just that term. Them, you just, I know but
0: we'd we'd really like to hear from you we we'd really like to hear your side of it if we're saying something that's biblically incorrect or Ooh. something you know, just
1: let us know so what I was trying to say is the, the word ministry, I think we can't throw it lightly in in light of that, but like yeah, I, I uh, throw it like a frisbee exactly what you're saying <laughs> sorry I'm trying to be serious here, thank you for for doing that um, but you know one of the things is um, yeah. Exactly. Everyone is is not called to this life just to live this life, and I, I think it's something that we have to come to understand. Um, God didn't want you to just make be a salary man and then die with your retirement money going to your kids or whatever <laughs> That's like
0: that. So depressing. <laughs> you
1: have to understand. We're, we're created to inter- interact and intertwine with the lives of other people around us and stuff. So, uh, through a book, through a song, through a poem, through um, just a nice high every. Every time or have, like, you,
0: have you written a poem Before Daniel?
1: Um, through all these different Avenues that you can Reach out to people um,
0: Fine Don't answer my question
1: <laughs> I, I wrote a series of Haikus while I was in the <laughs> You wrote <laughs> <own> haikus? <laughs> Not even poems. You wrote haikus So I was in the bathroom And I was really bored You were in the bathroom I'm <laughs> fine <laughs> What, what year? When? This is my second... Third year in college. Oh, my gosh. I, you know how we used to have, like, zangas and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. We used to post them on there, and then... Uh, I so you a
2: in mine. <laughs> you wrote
0: god haikus? No.
1: I, they were just, like... Uh, like, revelations I've had while I was on the toilet. But anyway, <laughs> that's disturbing. <laughs> you should
0: publish that. Yes, you
1: should. I'll publish that for you. <laughs> haikus at, at your conference. Like, haikus are really beautiful in that with a few words, you can say a lot. And I, I really like that about
0: You know, I was thinking about haikus poetry. a couple of days ago, actually. And I feel like haikus only work in the Japanese language. <laughs> it's not meant to be
1: used in, like, a different context. I think we can call it... Okay, okay, okay localize, yeah, yeah. Localize you.
0: Maybe maybe if you um show me what you've written,
1: no, no, I will I will have a change on. of heart. No, I raised that stuff a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, now thank you. Uh I've lost my train of time. We're just gonna do that <laughs> too. I'm sorry. Um uh, but anyway, let's let's just be strong out there and uh really remember uh that we wanna stay afloat and do all these things. Now I did want to close with the verse. Do we have anything else to say before um we wrap it up for today? 10 seconds is too long On a podcast uh, 10 seconds of dead space. So How um,
0: how much pom- Actually we'll, we'll come back
1: to that <laughs> When? When are we going to come back to Speak to, to <laughs> us okay. The word of God So um, Those of us who do want to get into ministry This is a very important reminder to us um, Who do want to serve God And represent his kingdom It comes out of the book of 1 Timothy And the third chapter And it says I'm just going to read until uh, The section on overseers It uh, It says It is a trustworthy statement if any aspire to the office of overseer. It is a fine work he desires to do. God Himself says it's a fine work. Okay, so verse 2 says An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, uncontentious, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, lest he becomes conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he may not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. It's good words. words are food for thought, and I uh, really want you guys to think about that, regardless of whatever ministry you guys want to get yourselves involved into. And Just know it's not about us living out these characteristics by our strength, but God refining us to be uh, the overseers that he intended us to become. Uh, So on that note, we're going to close with (laughs) PAM. How many? Did you finish
0: the bomb?
2: I did. One is rotten.
0: One is rotten. Wow.
1: It only took us an hour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. So if you want to reach out to us and follow us on Twitter, you can reach me at Boom Chandler. And you can follow Daniel at
1: SuperDan0Hypotaiga. Oh, my
0: gosh. My wife is at Sugar Baby.
2: <laughs> that is what my old zingo is called. If I don't have it anymore, I hope. I hope I deleted it.
1: We're looking her up on iPad right don't now. Don't look me
2: up. <laughs> you, I'm a
1: you, have
0: like a you have, like, a, what is it called? Your um. You know, um, interview people, job people look you up on oh, Facebook yeah. Online, and all your social networks. So all of a sudden, the first thing on there is Zynga. <laughs> that would be bad. Future employer, like, you go to the interview, you're all professional, and then they print out your Zynga. And it's like, is this your Zynga?
1: <laughs> I think you've just uh, freaked out every late 20-something and early 30-something to just go back to check on our I world. think
0: anybody that listens to this podcast, no, none, nobody that listens to this co- podcast will even know what Zynga is.
1: A lot of people do. Are you kidding me? Especially within our age group.
0: How many people from our age group actually listen to this?
1: The only people I know are around our age oh, really? group. If yeah. you
2: know Zynga, please email at <laughs> Sorry, the
0: podcast at gmail.com. And please send us your Zynga link and we'll feature it on our next podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, leave us some feedback. Give us five stars. Um, if you rate and review us. Um, Daniel Peck will write, mail, <laughs> will write you a haiku. We'll write you a haiku, please, <laughs> please, and we will read us. it to you on the next podcast.
2: Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> you Like
0: that. <laughs> How many? What's the haiku? Is like five, five, three, one, or something like no, that? No, I
1: think it's like five, seven, five. I five forgot seven, the five? exact format.
0: Five, seven, five, one, or something like that.
1: No, no there's only three lines. I I'm always remember short. that it always ends with like one word. Anyway. Catch you guys later.
0: Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. I am gonna keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. The fire burning. Thanks, guys, <laughs>
2: for listening. Really. We cut,
1: like the last five minutes. <laughs>